Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. God bless you, church. How are we doing today? I know we have some people here today. It's kind of different preaching and uh, just with two or three, but now we have a couple. It's like a Friday night service, right? <laughs> Um, it's an honor to be here to preach, to give you guys the word of God that God has given me, has placed a word in my spirit. And I invite you to open up your hearts, hear what the spirit of God has to say to you. Amen. Um, I'm going to read out of the book of Exodus, straight to the point, right? Books of, uh, book of Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Most of us are familiar with the story. Those that are are joining in uh, through Facebook, just give a shout out, give an amen. God bless you. See you soon. Praise God. I already warned the uh, camera people that I move a lot. And that's never going to stop. Amen. When you guys have it, just give me an amen. Amen. Verse 13 says, Moses answered to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptian you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move to the, tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground, on dry ground. Through the sea on dry ground, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his armies, through his chariots and through the horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am Lord when, they, when I gain glory through Pharaoh and the chariots and his horsemen. Amen. Then the angel of God, the angel of God. Most of us have, all of us have an angel of God. We can't see him, but he's surrounding us. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of the Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of the Egyptian and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other. So neither went near the other. Then Moses stretched his, out his hand, went over to the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned, in, and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, and the wall of the waters on the right and on the left. Let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word. Ask you, Father God, that you enter our hearts. Let us be attentive to your voice, Father God. 
Let us be attentive to you, Holy Spirit. Let us follow your will, Father God, and everything we do, Father, will bring satisfaction unto you, Father. I ask you that you lead us, that you guide my words, guide my spirit, speak to me, Father God. In your name I pray. Amen. Uh, some, some time ago, a couple months ago, um, I, I preached. Uh, I couldn't remember, so I went back through my archives. <laughs> and I found it in October of last year. Uh, it was a story of Moses, Heed Your Call. And, and at this moment, most of us know the story. The uh, Israelites have been in captivity for over 400 years in slavery. And, and God has heard the plead of the people, the cry out of his people. And he speaks to Moses in this burning bush. And in my sermon, I, I, I say, and I, and I preached about how many of us have a burning bush moment, but yet have forgotten to take off, take off our sandals when the bush is burning. We are attentive and we are complacent with the heat of the bush, but we're not willing to take off our sandals and walk into the cog the Lord has given us. And it took this brave man to take off his sandals, live in faith, and move in faith so God can free his people. And just like us today, God is calling his people. God is calling you and I to do great things. And it's not for our glory, but it's for his glory. God is trying to do things today, but he just needs a vessel because God is a God of order. He has given us the power here. God cannot move out of order. He needs a vessel to move in his will. And he tells Moses, 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 I need you to free my people. I will lead you. And all you have to do is just lead the way and be obedient. Check off your sandals because the place you are stepping on is holy ground. The place you are stepping on is holy ground. And I hope that us as a church have removed our sandals of comfortability, of our comfort zone and unfamiliar territory. And I hope to God and I pray that we have taken off our sandals and moved on to the glorious, the glorious work that God has in store for us. God takes Moses to Egypt to free the Israelites. He went back to his past where he was raised, something comfortable for him, where he was living as a king. Then he went to the desert working. Then God takes him back to Egypt to free his people. And at this time, Moses goes to Pharaoh and he tells him, let my people go. Let my people go. And Moses warns them that there was going to be plagues. Can you imagine the people of Israel at this time? And slavery. And pain. And bondage. Their cry out for over 400 years. We have to think, church... I thank God for his Holy Spirit, and I thank God for his presence in our lives. But let's think about the Israelites very quick. In bondage for 40 years, no salvation, no, no, no freedom, living in pain, their grandpas dying, grandmas are dying, working. 
I don't think it'll be easy. I, you know, I always used to criticize the Israelites. Oh, these people lack so much faith. But have, I actually, have we actually sat there and actually pondered the pain that we're actually feeling? Knowing that there is a God, knowing that God exists, but yet they're still in bondage. Knowing that he brings freedom, but yet they're in chains. Knowing that there is freedom in him, but yet they're working for the enemy. And in bondage by the enemy. You know, God hears the cry out of his people and he says, I'm going to bring freedom. But Moses, I need you to move. Moses, I need you to move. I need you to grab the staff and I need you to listen to me. No, faith only works in obedience. It doesn't just work by goosebumps. Faith does not work just because you have goosebumps. It works in obedience. And you've taken a step by step, step by step, step by step, and we're going to see God do his will on earth. He tells them, you know, we're going to bring plagues. He brings plagues. And then the last plague, that's when uh, Pharaoh has it. You know, he fed up. I mean, he, his, his, his son died. All the uh, firstborn dies. You know, because the blood of Jesus, the, the blood of the lamb covered the household. And, and the spirit of death uh, went over their house. And this is when, when, when Pharaoh lets him go. He says, that's it. I, I had it. Get out of here. I can't do it no more. You know, so I, this story takes off now when they're actually walking towards the sea. And I want to speak to those who have received the miracle, but yet it isn't going as it planned or how it planned. That you're walking in your miracle, but yet it isn't what it seemed. Many of us received our miracle, but many of us are still struggling. Many of us received the prayer, our cry out. Many of us received the miracle that God has given us, but yet it isn't what I actually thought, God. I know you freed me from addiction, God, but why am I still suffering? I know you answered my prayer. I know you restored my marriage, but God, why am I still crying? Why am I still suffering? At this time, the Israelites find themselves knowing that the enemy is right behind them. And they face an obstacle right in front of them. And they tell Moses, this, this is how, man, they were a bunch of smart Alex. They tell Moses, Moses, let me get this straight. You take me out of Egypt? Did they not have any graves over here, over there? So you take me out of Egypt so they can bury me in the desert. <laughs> I would have kicked them out. Like, you know what? Go die over there. You know, but that's how smart they were. But can you just imagine the anxiety they had? The anxiety the people had. Knowing that, hey, Jesus freed me from this. But now I'm walking in the miracle and I see a wall. And then I see the enemy. Many of us are walking through the miracle, but yet are suffering because we see no way out. God made a way out of my slavery, my captivity, and not I just face an obstacle right in front of me. And this is what the Israelites were facing. 
And can you imagine poor Moses? <laughs> poor Moses, God uses him to free his people, and he's just chilling, walking. And then out of nowhere, he sees the Egyptians coming after him. Could you imagine as a leader? I'm speaking to the priesthood, to the priests of your home. Whoever's a man here, you're the priest. Take your position. I'm, talking, I'm speaking to you. Can you imagine how he feels at this moment? Can you imagine the anxiety carrying these people, leading these people? Leading them into, into the promised land that, that God has given them. But there's nothing he can do. The anxiety, the people crying out to him, the people yelling at him, and he's trying to think, God, what do I do? God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if I, was at, if I was Moses, I would be like, God, you took me out of here, and you said you were going to make a way, but yet there is no way in front of me. All I see is a sea in front of me. God, you took us from our comfort zone and you placed us in a place where we have to cry. It's better for me to go back to slavery because I was being fed at that moment, at that place. I was being fed. Why did you take me out of slavery when I was already comfortable there? I was already content with that. But you take me to this position where I have no idea what to do. But God isn't into details. You know, and I was uh, talking to a couple of people a couple um, Tuesdays ago. I was, when we were doing the Facebook Live, God puts in my spirit and he tells me, you know, it's not about the details. Because if I give you the details of a miracle, you will lack and you will not have faith and you will not move. Our mind cannot comprehend the hand of God. If God would have told Moses, Moses, you know what? I'm going to take you out of Egypt. I'm gonna, you're going to face the sea, but I'm going to open the sea for you. Moses would have been, God, you're tripping. That is never going to happen. Because our mind cannot comprehend the, the, the majesty of God. Cannot not, not understand, God, you blew life inside of me. I cannot comprehend that. But here I am and I'm breathing. And here you are, you're breathing. And there you go and your marriage is restored. But God, what do I do? What do I do, God? I was more comfortable being fed by the enemy, being blind by his fake love. Complacency. I'm more comfortable suffering because I'm already used to it. I already learned how to deal with my suffering. I've learned how to deal with pain, agony. And then, God, you promised me freedom, and yet I see this obstacle right in front of me. God, what do I do? God, what do I do? You know, as, as, as a priest of my household, and, and I, I can't think the pain in the... In the Agony he must have felt at that time. Thousands of kids, thousands of Israelites behind him. And God tells him, you know what's the funny thing about this story? They were already walking. And God tells him, turn back. Turn back. God, I'm not going to turn back. That's crazy talk. 
it's crazy talk to get all my people turned back and to go camp there. You know, for, for most of us that are, are going through pain, for most of us that see the enemy there, just know that God is making a way. God is making a way. And he will be glorified through your pain. He will be glorified through your suffering, through your cry out, through the pain you have been carrying for generation to generation. From your families, addiction, God is going to be glorified in that freedom. God will be glorified in that freedom. Amen? Tells them to go back. I said, God, I ain't going back. I'm going to keep on pushing. Right, that would have been my answer. I was like, you figure out a way, God, but I'm not turning back. You know, but he says, I will be glorified through what I'm going to do. Just have faith. Just have faith. Stop over it. You know, us, mankind, us, we overanalyze things. You know, I, I'm, I'm real um, passionate, right? I used to love to argue, and I used to and now I bite my tongue a lot. But when I was a teenager, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to walk up to him. I'm going to tell him that. And then he's going to tell me this. Then I'm going to tell him that. And then he's going, what's up, Scooby-Doo? Let's fight. Let's fight. All right. So I used to think that. I used to overanalyze things. And then I would say something to the person. And I was like, oh, that's it? Man, I was stressing out for no reason. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever caught yourself in a situation. Where I was like, man, I should have just opened my mouth a long time ago. I could have avoided a whole bunch of things. We're, we're a generation, just, we're people, we just overanalyze things that we shouldn't. You know, we overthink it. And that's the reason God cannot give us the detail of things. We're so emotionally unstable. Right? It's so emotionally unstable, we can't just stick to it. Amen. Just know the enemy is always after your peace. Know that the enemy is always after your peace. If there's one thing he can take away, it isn't your salvation. It isn't your salvation. It's your peace. It's your joy. Joy isn't an emotion. It's a decision. I choose. I choose. That's why it's so hard. That's why I get frustrated with emotional people. Because it's, it's, it's really your choice. Either you choose, either you choose kingdom or you just choose to be flaky. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what it is. I'm sorry if I offend you guys. Take it of God. Either, 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 either your kingdom mindset or either you're not. Either you're cold or either you're hot. You cannot be in between. You can't. You know, we have to keep on pressing. We have to keep on chucking along. The enemy sees it, and they're like, talk to Pharaoh, and they're like, Pharaoh, we have lost our service. These people used to work for us, and then you let them go? This is how, this is how much you mean to the enemy. This is how much you guys mean to the enemy. The people of God mean to the enemy. This is how much your freedom means to the enemy. He grabbed seven, uh, 600 of his best chariots to go after you. To go after you. 
That's how much you're mean to the enemy. That's how much he wants to keep you back in captivity. Because you mean that much. Because he knows if you have freedom, then guess what? The world is going to know who is this Christ we speak of. That's the reason he grabs his best man and he goes after these people. My thing is, why, why grab the best man when you know these people are weak? They weren't getting fed. But they understood, he understood the power behind that people, the Israelites. That's the reason Pharaoh grabs his best man to go after them. Know that the, if the enemy is attacking you, you know there's something great inside of you that the enemy wants to destroy. So don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged if the enemy attacks. Just know God has something great for you. And don't pay attention to the enemy. I mean, oh, it's hard. It's hard not to pay attention to the enemy. Right? But the enemy just gives it to you. It's our choice to either fall in love with it or, or, or flirt with the idea of sin. Right? Or if, if he wants to mess with our mind and our thought, it's our choice. We have to continue walking in Christ. We have to continue believing in God. Don't, don't let him win. Don't let the enemy win. Don't let that freedom be for nothing. Don't let the blood of Christ be for nothing. Don't let the enemy win. No, no, no. If you're being attacked over and over, it's because there's something great. Know that there's something great inside of you. No, if, if there's struggles be, between the marriages or, or you or your teenagers, know that there's something great that God is, is building inside of that person. Know that, know that the attacks is because there's a, there's, a, there's a test and then there's going to be a testimony. Know that they're going through a test because that testimony will save many in the future. Don't let the enemy win. If you know the enemies behind you, it's for a reason. Keep on praising. Keep on raising your hand. Raise your staff. Stretch your arms. Raise your staff. Stretch your arms. Each, each and every one of us have a staff. Each and every one of us have a staff. What is your staff? Raise your prayer. Raise your cry out to God. Don't let anxiety kick in. Don't flirt with the idea of being anxious. Don't give it any thought. Rebuke it in the name of God. Raise your hand. Raise your staff. That's the only thing Moses had. You know what I, I'm, I'm thinking? I'm like, God, okay, God, you're not in the, the details. You are just directly. You speak, and we have to follow. I don't know what's going on. I'm walking blindly. And, okay, it's my pride that doesn't let me walk. Okay, God, take away my pride. Right? Take it away. I don't, I don't want nothing to do with it. I want to follow along. I want to go along, God. But what amazes me about Moses is that Moses didn't have an, a blueprint of what was going on. He didn't have a blueprint. Just like most of us don't have a blueprint. None of any of us have a blueprint. We don't, we don't know what God is doing. But the only thing we have is to be, to be obedient. That's the one thing we can give to God. 
That's the only thing we can give to God. The only thing I can give him, I can't, I can't give God money. I can't. I can't give him. I can't die for him. Right? The only thing that I can offer God is my obedience. And that obedience has a long list behind it. There's a long list behind the obedience. And it amazes me that uh, my, a lot of my friends say, if God was real, I know I get tired of hearing this, right? You guys already know what I'm going to say. If God was real, why did he allow this to happen? God doesn't move out of order. God is not going to move out of order. No matter how bad the situation gets, he needs vessels. And I'm thinking, okay, so he tells Moses, raise your hand. So God already had everything prepared. But just imagine if Moses would have been doubting at that moment. Just imagine if he let fear determine the outcome. Just, just imagine at that moment when Moses was stressed, was confused, was crying. If he actually would have sat there and felt sorry for himself. Imagine the outcome. If God would have said, Moses, raise your hand. Raise your staff. And Moses would have said, well, God, I see them. I'm not asking you to see them. I'm, I'm telling you, raise your hand. Raise your staff. But God, I, these people are crying. I got to attend to them because they're crying. Moses, raise your staff. And then you're going to see me come through. You're going to see me make a way when there was no way. You're going to see me work. You're going to see me do what I do. I just need you to do what you do and obey. Right? Obey God. L- let's be attentive to his voice. Can you imagine uh, what's going on? You know what I, when I, so when I was a kid, we used to sing this song in Spanish. I'm not going to say it. Um, uh, Okay, here we go. <clears throat> no, I'm not going to sing it. But the lyrics go, Cuando Faraón dejó ir al pueblo. Él nos guiaba por el desierto, right? He used to guide us in the... And there was a song, and I used to... I never, when I was a kid, you know, I used to sing a song, but now I understand the, the story behind it. Right? You, these, these lyrics can hold so much value, but yet it doesn't hold any value to me until I understand the story. Right? These, these lyrics were freedom for them, but to me it meant nothing until I understood what they actually were going through. You know, and it says, by pillar, by, by, by cloud, by morning, fire by night. And I'm like, God, in the middle of the desert, you were, <laughs> you were covering them. You were covering them. You were making sure they get no sunburn. They didn't have no sunscreen. Right? So I was like, God, that's how beautiful it is. You know, even though in the, in the middle of the desert, you were still watching over them. You still guided them by the pillar of, of fire. At, at night, when they didn't know, they didn't, couldn't see, the fire was still guiding them to your perfect will. You know, sometimes we ask God, God, show me your will, but are we willing to follow the fire? Are we willing 
to follow the cloud. It's, it's not easy find, uh, following the will of God. It's not easy. It takes obedience. It takes commitment. And this same cloud, the same blessing that God has given you, God has used it to confuse the enemy. God uses that blessing to confuse the enemy. Can you imagine what's a blessing to you? It's confusing to the enemy. We see the Israelites here, Egyptians are here, and then God is here confusing the enemy. That, what is blessing you, is confusing your enemy. Don't lose that blessing. Because the moment you lose that blessing, you let the enemy creep in. That's the reason it's important to follow his will. Because inside of his will, God is working. He's confusing the enemy. Can you imagine how they felt? Cry out, crying. Moses raises staff and then the waters just start opening up. I would have tripped out. Like, God, you do, man, you can do this. I thought there was levels. I thought there was levels of your greatness. Man, you did this, God, and I'm stepping on dry ground. And I'm stepping. Look, look, it's not even muddy. Look, I can't even play with the mud. It's hard. It's dry. Guys, look how crazy it is. We're talking about a sea. The sea was dry. The ground was dry. That means that no matter what you're going through, in the middle of your miracle, you will not get dirty. Your feet will not get dirty. Keep on walking. Look, the, the, the wall, the sea of the wall can, can look scary, can look intimidating, but do not worry about it. The miracle can look scary, but you keep on walking. Don't get distracted by what you see. If you see a shark right there, we're like, oh, my God, look at that shark. No, keep on walking. You're going to see the enemy come and destroy you or try to destroy you, but you keep on walking. The miracle isn't always easy to live by. No. The miracle can look scary. We can't let the miracle distract us. Can you imagine dry ground walking through the middle of the sea? Bro, that's, that's crazy. I don't, I don't think I would have walked. There's no way I would have like, no, God, give me a boat or something. Bro, can you imagine dry ground? In other words, God took care of his people. He said, don't worry, don't worry about it. You're going to walk on dry ground. That's how awesome I am. You're not going to get dirty. You don't have to get a pedicure. I know you just took care of your nails. I mean, it's, it's after uh, COVID-19. You're going to get your nails done. Look, don't worry about it. You're not going to get dirty. I, I'm, I'm that type of person. I'll take care of you. Just walk through the miracle. It, it looks scary. It looks intimidating. Your calling may look intimidating, but walk through it. Being a pastor may look intimidating. Walk through your miracle. Because I'm going to lead you to the promised land. I'm going to lead you to freedom. 
Walk through your miracle. Even though it might look scary, it might look intimidating, you can't ponder how it works. You just keep on walking. And you keep on walking. And you keep on walking. Don't let the miracle distract you. Don't be intimidated by my greatness. Don't be intimidated by my calling. I think sometimes when I was a kid, I used to overwhelm myself by overanalyzing my calling. And then I used to feel my anxiety kick in, and then I used to stop thinking about my calling. Because once you try to overanalyze your calling, you freeze. And sometimes, sometimes we freeze right before we walk right in the middle of the sea. Because we overanalyze the miracle in front of us. We overanalyze the miracle in front of us. I used to overanalyze my calling. And I was afraid of walking right in the middle of the sea on dry ground. I was afraid of picking up the mic. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you a story that I still remember till this day. And every time I grab a mic, I'm like, don't shake. Years ago, when uh, Ryan, myself, and, and uh, was it Bobby, right? Bobby, sometimes say after church, we would start praying. And it was, it was just us three. We would pray. We'll go eat Chinese food, which I don't like. And then we'll come to church and we'll pray because we had service Sunday night. And one time, uh, Ryan started speaking in tongues. He's over here and I'm praying. And then Brother Mario doing the service, he's like, you guys want to give a testimony? Daniel, you want to grab the mic? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll say something. But I'm like this the whole time. And I'm like, okay, I can't do it, right? But I let every moment, every time I think about speaking, that thought comes to my mind. Because at that moment, it was embarrassing. At that moment, I was ashamed. I was like, God, how can you say I have a calling? I can't even grab a mic. Right? Do, do I need a, a stand? God, am I going to have to preach with a stand all my life? I started overanalyzing my calling. And I was afraid to walk in the middle of my miracle. Because I just overanalyzed. And I overanalyzed here and I wasn't, I was thinking I wasn't prepared here. Don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let your anxiety fool you. You are chosen. You are chosen. It can look scary. It is scary. It is intimidating. I'm not going to sit there and say, it's not. It's, it's cool, man. It's easy to wake up and, and, and not, not think, hey, you're the pastor. It's easy to think, oh, man, you know, I can't prepare a sermon like this. Or, hey, I have to go pray for somebody. It's not. It's not easy being led. If you're out of the will of God, it's not easy being led. We can't keep on overanalyzing our calling when God has already established it. Moses gets to the other side. And his people are there, and God says, okay, God, what do I do? They're right 
they're following us. They're right there, God. What, what, what do I do? And I'm going to speak about this. I want you to think. What have you allowed inside your water? What have you allowed in the middle of that miracle that keeps on messing with you? That yet we haven't closed the, 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 the river. The sea, we still haven't closed it. We have let the enemy come to the other side of our miracle because we have forgotten to close the sea. We have forgotten to raise our hand and close that temptation, that fear, my insecurity. And I have let that get so close to me that it is stopping me from moving forward. I've already crossed this, the sea, but the enemy is right there and I haven't closed the water because I'm scared. God, because you spoke, but yet I haven't moved. Yet, God, I haven't moved. I haven't obeyed. You told me to raise my hand and it was going to close, but God, I just, man, I'm so tired, God. I had to raise the whole time when the water's open. And now you're asking me to raise it right now and the water's going to close. God, just give me some time. I, you know what, God? I, I still need a little bit more entertainment. Just let it, let it, let that entertainment just enter the the middle of the of the of the, of the ocean, of the water, of my comfort comfort zone, of the sea. Let it get there, God. I'll I'll close it on my time. How many of us still have things that have crossed and walk? through that miracle but yet we haven't closed the sea yet we haven't extended our hands and, and shut it and we we think we cry and we pray God take care of my kids take care of my kids take care of my kids but yet we haven't taken care of what we need to God bless me with this bless me with that make a way but yet I'm still doing the same thing and I'm still allowing the same thing to mess with me because I haven't closed the sea. God needs his people to stretch their hand and close the sea. Close the sea. Insecurity. Doubt. The fear of speaking. You know, some of us have the fear of praying out loud. Don't let fear overwhelm you. Don't let fear take control of you. Close the sea. Close the sea. Because the moment he closed the sea, the generation was saved. When he closed the sea, it doesn't just start by walking through the water or walking through the sea doesn't just start there doesn't just stop by them walking it stopped when he raised his hand and closed the sea and had the enemy drowned it is up to you to close the sea that's the I love that song that may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations 
and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you. But you think they would have, you think in, in numbers God would have gave them that? Because the, the song is based on, it's off, out of numbers. But you think God would have gave them that if his hands didn't declare the sea to close? There's a reason why the generation after generation after generation was, was successful. Or was able to see the hand of God. It was because of the obedience of Moses. Are you going to allow your generation and their generation, their children, their children, follow the will of God? But it starts with you. And it starts with you. And it starts with me. I have to close everything that has to do with my fear. Because, yes, the enemy has entered, right? He's right in between the, 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 uh, the sea. But it's up to me to close it. God, wa God wants to close it. But it's up to you to close it. It's up to you to close it. It's up to you to close it. It's up to me to close it. It's up to me to keep on moving. God wants to destroy the enemy, but he needs you to be obedient to him. May his favor be upon you. And a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you, behind you, beside you, all around you. Within you, he is with you, he is with you, he is with you, he is with you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at My Numa Church. Thanks again and God bless.